This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. everyone. Welcome to Mercy Talk. We are so glad that you're with us today. Um, We are so excited because we have started a teaching series uh, this month that actually comes from some teachings that our UK leaders did here in our Nashville home with our Mercy residents. And actually, that's a heads up for you because you're going to hear throughout this teaching that she's going to reference um, things like while you're in this program or while you're here with us. And what she's referring to is while the girls are with us in the Mercy program. So if you're listening and you're confused about what they're talking about, that's why. Um, And so basically today we're doing part two of a series um, on the topic of leading your life. And this is a teaching that the executive director in the UK, Ariana Walker, did in her time with us. And it was just such a great, powerful, very practical teaching that when we heard it, we just knew we wanted to share this on the podcast. So if you did not listen to the podcast last week, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's first because it's the first part of this teaching and it will give you a lot of background and foundation on where we're going today. It might be a little weird if you try to pick up on the teaching today without having all of the backstory of what this is about. So if you haven't heard last week's, go back and listen. If you have, then we really hope that you enjoy the teaching today, which is on leading your body and spirit. This is sort of, again, staying within this first circle of our being. So we've done soul, body, lead your body, or your body will lead you. There's lots to say about that that I won't go into, don't have the time to go into, but I will say self-care is important. It matters. You have one body. It's going to have to last you a long time. Take care of it. Be kind to it. Eat, sleep, exercise within healthy limits. Your body needs relaxation, needs to be taken care of. Do you have hobbies, things you enjoy doing? Tell me some of your hobbies. Crocheting, awesome. Pardon? Running, cooking, have some, have some hobbies, things that are healthy. Don't let those things flip into addictions or into coping mechanisms. So find that balance, lead yourself, understand the boundaries within which that's healthy. But it's healthy to have hobbies, things you enjoy doing, reading, taking a bath, Watching a silly show on TV. And I know lots of those things for this season that you're in right now aren't available to you, but this is just a step along the way. When you get back out into your normal everyday lives, make sure that you have something you enjoy doing. That is just about, that's not for a purpose other than it's enjoyment. Self-care. Be kind to you. I remember there was a, a season when 
I was um, flat out working, building things, going for it, doing all the things, and 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 I kept going to God, saying, "Okay, God, what what am I doing next? What's on the what's on the agenda, Lord?" Having you know a meeting with the Holy Spirit, and honestly, I am not even kidding you. For the for six months, all the Holy Spirit said to me was, "Eat more vegetables." I am not even joking. I'm like, God, there's people's lives at stake. I have to know what to do with the budget. I have to know what to write in my next book. I have to help people. You're talking to me about broccoli. He said, I need you fit for purpose. Lead your body. Don't just eat junk all the time because it's easy. That you can't use your busyness and your, you know, leading a ministry as an excuse to just eat junk. Make the effort. Eat vegetables. I'm like, I hate vegetables. And God's like, eh, yes, I know you do. <laughs> Still need to eat them. I know it's a really silly example. But withholding goodness from our bodies is just another way to punish ourselves. So be kind to your body. Take care of it. It need, it has needs that are legitimate and genuine. You know that there is no one who has a more powerful voice of prayer over your body than you. I know sometimes if we're sick or we're, we want a staff member to come and pray for us or, you know, there's, there's speakers with international healing ministries who've got a gift of, a gift of healing who can, you know, we think that maybe if we go to, to, to some man or woman of God who, who has this incredible anointing to pray over the sick. Now that's all good. I am not taking away from that at all. It is an incredible thing that some people have a gift of healing, but let me tell you something. They cannot override your voice over your own body. And if you are in disagreement, if you are not in faith, if you are not believing for the prayer and the breakthrough and the healing in your body, it doesn't matter whether it's the most anointed, anointed prayer warrior healing person ever, they are not going to be able to override your authority over your own body. So sometimes you need to take authority over your own body. I'll tell you the example I have for that one because I have one for everything, like I said. Again, some massive things happening. Uh, It was actually a really big mercy event. It was our first ever um, fundraising dinner that we had and we needed to raise something like 180,000 pounds, ridiculous amount of money that we needed for an extension we wanted to build for the home. We, it was the first time we'd gathered about 300 people in the room and I was terrified. It was the first time I'd spoken in front of those people. It was the first time we'd gathered them and asked for that amount of money. There was a lot riding on it. And I was really, really, really worried about it and scared and thinking it's going to be a failure. And Nancy was coming and the pastors were coming and all, it was all big, big deal. And so I began to be in charge of my mind and my will and my emotions. And I was, you know, allowing my spirit to lead, which is what we'll come to in a moment, allowing my spirit to lead. And um, I 
was reading my word. I was making declarations over myself. I know the promises God had. God had got some very specific promises about that event. He said it wasn't going to be an event. It was going to be a gateway. And as we went through the gateway, the landscape would be different on the other side and he would be pouring his blessings, financial blessings on us as a ministry after this event. So I knew God was setting us up for success. I knew that God was asking me to lead the team into this season of overflow. And so I was strong in my soul area. I was strong in my spirit. So I was bringing leadership to that. But yet my body was not sleeping and I was having heart palpitations. And it was because my body was manifesting my anxiety. So even though my mind and my will and my emotions were strong, and even though my spirit was in faith and believing God's promises, my body was letting the side down. My body was not in agreement and in alignment with what the other parts of me were aiming for. And so I remember sitting on the end of my bed and going, okay, body, I am not going to let you rebel against what the rest of me is in agreement on. So in the name of Jesus, I command you, heart, to not partner with anxiety, to not partner with fear, and to beat as you're supposed to be beat, to not go off on one. And in the name of Jesus, I speak peace on you, heart. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace on you, body, so you can sleep at night and not worry for the rest of us. We're okay. God's got us. And so, I honestly, I did that for about a week. Heart palpitations went, slept like a baby. Everything went as it was supposed to. Because I chose to bring leadership over myself and over my body. I was kind. I didn't say, how dare you, body, let me down. No, I was like, okay, I get it. And I know it sounds a bit weird to speak to yourself and speak to your body, but David did it. Why are you so downcast on my soul? He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to one of his three parts that he's made up of. It's a healthy thing to do. It's a mature thing to do. It's one of the ways that you can bring leadership to who you are as a person. Your spirit is also the third part of your tripartial self. We are soul, body, spirit. Our spirit is the most alive to God. Our spirit actually, if you're going to put any one of those three in charge, it's going to be your spirit. Let your spirit lead you. Let your spirit, it's the fruits of the spirit that we grow in our lives. So our spirits are, the they're like the receiver. Your spirit is like the receiver for being able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, being able to, you know, um, have that ability to receive from God is through your spirit. So I know that when I was, I told you the example of when I was um, singing in my kitchen about joy, it wasn't, it wasn't, the change wasn't just hearing my emotions, what I felt was a change in my spirit. Our spirit is, needs feeding because what you feed grows. So how do you feed your spirit? Well, let's look at Jesus, he did that. 
he, he, it says in Matthew 14, um, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. He withdrew. Jesus spent time in prayer. He spent time with God. He spent time in the word. He spent time alone with his father. Where we build up our spirit is in worship, in word, in prayer, in the presence of God. He spent the night in prayer before he chose his disciples. He overrode his body's needs for sleep in order to be able to grow his spirit strong enough to be able to choose who his disciples were going to be. There was a a time when I was, I mean, Debbie quoted it yesterday. It's one of my sayings I say a lot of Smith Wigglesworth, who some of you might not know is a spiritual giant historical figure from the 1800s in actually from Bradford where the Mercy Home is. And he famously said, rarely do I pray for an hour, but rarely does an hour go by where I do not pray. And that had been kind of my life and my prayer life for many years. And then came a season where I felt God say to me, I, that's good. I'm glad you spend a lot of your day aware of my presence, uh, in my presence, singing in the car, in the shower, whilst I'm cooking. I'm very God aware. But I actually also felt God say to me, I actually want you to, to take some time out and be very specific about your prayers, not just on the go, but take time out. And again, my dog came into her own. It was actually having the dog and going out for walks in the morning before I went to work for maybe 45, 50 minutes where I would not have my headphones in, where I wouldn't have my phone on, where it was literally just me, the woods, and the dog. And that became my spirit strengthening time. That became the season where I would not just pray, but be still long enough to hear an answer. To be able to have a conversation and not just praying my worries and praying my to-do task and on the go, having quick prayer fix, need to know God's here because I'm facing a big situation. No, it was literally just like Jesus did, taking himself away, sending the multitudes away and just having some specific time. Now, doing that here is nice and easy. We have a, created a, a, a delightful God bubble for you. So it's really hard to miss God here. Building that into your everyday life once you leave this place is the challenge. That's where you need to have your will come into its own and go, no, I will make time. I will create space. I will make sure I don't neglect the cultivating of the maturity of my spirit in the things of God. I'm aware of time, so I'm going to move on. So this zone here that we've just discussed... That's your being. If you can learn to lead from that place out, you are going to see some significant things happen in this ring here. This ring, the next ring along, is our immediate um, world. That would include relationships, 
responsibilities. And resources. What I mean by resources, oops, sorry. I know that's terrible writing, but you can. So, what I mean by resources is your um, time, your finances, and your passion and energy. That's your resources, your relationships, so your friendships, your family relationships, any relationships. So your immediate, close relationships are in that zone. Your resources, which means your time, your finance, and your passion and energy. We all have all these things. So we all have relationships, whether we like them or not, we have them. We all have the same resources. We have the same amount of time. We have different amounts of money, but we do have it. And we also have passion and energy at our disposal. Those are our resources. Our responsibilities are maybe um, work or location or where we choose to live, where we choose to go to church, where we, the responsibilities we carry. So these three areas are the zones, zone directly related to you as a person. Now what often happens is people try to lead their lives from that way in. They go from the outside in. They go from relationship in, circumstances, all that in. But really, if we can get solid leadership, assertive, being in charge of our body, our spirit, and our soul area, when you start leading from the inside out, you will see a significant impact in your relationships, in your resources, and in your responsibilities. You have choices to make. And when you are able to make choices on the inside of you, you're going to find it much easier to make choices on the outside of you. You're going to be able to make choices that influence your relationships. For instance, it says in the Word, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, bad company corrupts good character. I remember being 13 years old. We just emigrated from Holland. Um, my dad's Dutch. Mother is Scottish. We moved back to England when I was 13. And then we moved to Bradford a year later, so I'd, I'd already moved a few times, had to disconnect from relationships again and again and again, and brand new space, brand new church, I'm 13, um, I, you know, friends matter when you're 13, uh, friends matter anyway, but especially when you're 13. And I walked into a room of maybe 20 new people, all teenagers, it was the new youth group in the new church we were in. And I sat down next to a bunch of people and they were okay. And I don't know, but there's something about that age when you just need to know your people. Where's your friends? Where's your tribe? Where are the people you can relate to that you can hang out with that you, that get you and you get them? There's, there's that need to, to find your tribe, right? When you, when, especially when you're that age. And I'm looking around this room and going, I have nothing in common with any of these people. I feel disconnected. I feel like I'm alone. I'm having to start again. I, 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 I just, I, I don't want, to be friends with anybody here. It's probably a bad thing, but hey, give me, cut me some slack, I'm 13. So I'm sitting there, not happy, and then the door bursts open. And this group of people just kind of roll in. They're like a bunch of girls and a couple of guys. And one of those people was Charlotte. And I know that um, Nancy mentioned yesterday that Charlotte Gamble, and who you may or may not know, and I are really, really good friends. This is when it started. She just kind of 
came in and all oh, this group and they're full of life, full of laughter, pushing each other, telling jokes. I'm like, okay, they're my people. That's who I want to be friends with. And I, even at 13, had an internal decision of my will to overcome the fear of rejection, overcome the fear of being this, the, the, you know, new girl who's just turned up and decides she wants to be friends with somebody. And just to, 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 that's, I, I know those are the people I'm going to get on with. And, and I'm going to get over my own whatever and just say hi. Pretty scary thing to do. But I did it. I said hi. And 34 years later, Charlotte and I are still best friends. And all I did was say hi. And sometimes we allow ourselves to bow our knee to fear to not even say hi. And I've said hi a number of times and not been friends with people. So I know what that feels like too. But it should never stop you. There's a choice we make about who our friends are. You get to choose your friends. Don't get to choose your family. Sorry about that, but you do get to choose how much time you spend with them. Um, that's once you're an adult. Um, but you get to choose your friends. Choose wisely. Don't let them choose you. Too many of us are in relationships and friendships with people because they chose us. You choose them. Choose your friends. Choose who you want to be friends with. Pray about it. God, help me see the friends you've put in my future. Because he has. He's not made us to do life alone. It's God's idea to have friends. He's not, it's not like a bonus. You know, if you're a nice, whole, healthy person, you get to have friends. No, no, no. We all get to have friends. Be a friend. Choose your friendships wisely. And when you are leading yourself from the inside out, you will find that choosing your friends wisely is easier. Because you're already leading you, you can also then lead your choices about the relationships you are building. Our resources. We all have time. You get to choose what you do with your time. We all have finance. You get to choose what to do with your finance, whether it's a few dollars or whether it's thousands of dollars. We all have the same resource responsibility. We get to choose what we do and how we manage our finances. If you consistently choose to spend more than you have, the consequence will be debt. And with debt comes depression, comes poverty, comes, you know, just a feeling of dysfunction. And so we end up partnering with a life situation that actually we can choose to walk out of. Yes, we will need help and yes, we can have support. But in the very end, when it boils down to it, we have to make choices. It's how wisdom works. Wisdom isn't some magic thing that flows from heaven and lands in our life. No, it's built by wise choices. 
and being able to walk out those choices day after day and seeing a strong tree with good fruit growing in your life because you are exercising your ability to lead from the inside out and it will manifest itself in ability to make wise choices. Our responsibilities are work and where we are and where we live and going to church, you know, part of the program that you will go through, you talk about the four staying, stay in the word, stay in prayer, stay in accountability, stay in fellowship. Those are all choices you make. Staying in the word keeps your spirit strong. Staying in prayer, same thing, keeps your spirit and your soul. It's part of leading yourself from the inside out. Stay in accountability is what I just said about relationships. You get to choose your friends. You get to choose who you're accountable to and who you're accountable with. Choose to keep in fellowship with the people of God. Go to church. It's God's idea. Remember a time in my life and my, my husband and myself, we've been going, I've been now in the same church for 30 odd years. Since we moved when I was 13, I'm still in the same church. That I think deserves some sort of medal or something. Not because it's a bad church, just because it's a church. <laughs> and staying in one church for that long should have some special medal. So I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of church life. I get it. I know church isn't always the easiest place to be, but God said it was his plan that we should be in fellowship with other believers. We should neglect the gathering together of his people. And so staying in church and being in church is a responsibility we have and we get to choose which church that is we get to hear God's voice about where he's planting us and staying where you're planted is a choice we make a leadership choice we make over our life that will have fruit there was a time like I said where we wanted to leave our church not because it was particularly bad but because we had I'd graduated uh, I was graduated as a teacher my husband had graduated as an accountant we were young married not had any children and it was now or never we this was our time and we thought to leave home if you like to go and plant a church of our own out in Scotland somewhere um and and just to have to it just felt like that's what we wanted to do and that's fine it's good to have dreams and hopes and things you want to do with your future and we prayed and God didn't say anything which is really frustrating so you just kind of carry on and we carried on and we uh, put our house on the market we sold our house we moved into rented accommodation for a little while we went to visit the people we wanted to be part of and found somewhere to live up there and we were literally we told our leadership at the church that we were going to go and it was time for us to leave and that the last minute literally a week before we were about to go my husband felt God say to him in the worship at church you can go and I will bless you but it's better if you stay well he then told me on the way home this is what God said to me I'm like well he said that to you he didn't say that to me <laughs> Maybe I'll still go. I was really annoyed with God for a number of reasons. One, you could have said this sooner. Two, you said it to him and not to me. And, you know, I thought last time I looked, we had a relationship too. Uh, and, and, and three, I don't want to go. Uh, sorry, I don't want to stay. And I sat on the steps in our rented house, which I hated. And I said, okay, God, you need to speak to me too. And he said to me from Psalm, the Proverbs, 
no, Psalm 37, I think. He said, uh, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He basically said to me, because I'd said the space we're in is safe. I don't want to stay here anymore. It's too safe. We want to go and explore and start off on our own. And God said, no, no, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so I said, okay, God, I'm going to lead my emotions. Because right now, the last thing I want to do is stay. We've said our goodbyes. We've left. We sold the house. I love the house we sold. I hate the house we're in now. I don't want to, but I will choose to be obedient. And I'll ask you, God, would you take away my desire to go? Um, within three days, my desire to go had gone. And I felt and came at peace with my spirit leading, which was be obedient to God. And I found even my emotions shifting, my desires shifting, and submitting to his direction meant a whole heap of things happened on the inside of me. And guess what happened then? I'd led myself from the inside out. I'd chosen to be obedient. I chose to submit my will and my emotions to him. And then suddenly, within six months of being in that church when we would have left, Nancy Alcorn turned up. And she stood at the front of my church. And she spoke a message about a ministry called Mercy. And she told us stories of young women whose lives were impacted by this ministry. And I listened and something on the inside of me came alive. I didn't realize how dry I was, how desperate for purpose I was, how desperate I was to make my life count for something more than what it had been, which was a good, lovely, nice Christian life. I was busy growing roses, but not growing crop that was feeding anybody. And when Nancy stood in my church that I wouldn't have been at had I left, my future changed. This changed. My responsibilities changed. My time changed. I started giving my time to building something called Mercy UK. My finances changed because I started giving to something called Mercy UK. My relationships changed because I started meeting together with other people who wanted to see Mercy UK happen. Because I'd chosen to lead myself from the inside out, the impact of my immediate circle was almost instantaneous. Was it easy? No. You see, the promised land that God says still has giants in it. You still have to lead into the promised land. And then what happens? When you start leading from this place out into the immediate zone of your life, isn't working. You have an extended influence. Suddenly, your ability to lead from here to impact your immediate relationships and your immediate resources and your immediate responsibilities, it filters out like a pebble that you throw into water that has rings attached, your influence, your ability to lead starts going into an extended circle. 
It starts being extended into greater numbers of people. Now, here's the thing. Most leaders, Christian and non-Christian, lead from this outside ring in. They have a large platform. They have big responsibility. They have lots of followers. They have lots of, but they've never worked on the inside so that when they get here, when their platform increases, when the pressure increases, when the demand increases, when their responsibilities of leadership extends over a large group and a large re- region and a large zone, this starts cracking. Their internal world starts falling apart and they spend all their energy trying to hold it together because the world is watching when in fact, if they did it from the other way around, if they started on the inside, if they started bringing leadership to their mind, will and emotions, to their body, to their spirits, if they started impacting their own relationships and resources and responsibilities from a godly place of having led from the inside out, then once they get to extending influence, they're safe. They're solid, they're sound, they're whole. And for those of you in this room, and I know many of you have an extended influence ahead of you. God's calling you into leadership at a highly extended level. The reason you're here right now isn't because you're broken, isn't because you've had a history, isn't because your past is, no, 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 it's because of your future. It's because what he's calling you into. It's because he is needing you to understand that this season is about building you from the inside out, equipping you with the ability to make wise choices, to lead your will, your emotion and your body and your mind and your spirit, to feed your spirit so it's strong, so it's solid, so it's able to step into the extended zones he's calling you into. In the future. It's time to be the hero. In your own story. If you've ever watched any. Exciting adventure. Fantasy film. There's always a moment. There's always a time. When the hero's friends. Fall away. When he's or she's been given gifts. That now have to be used. By the hero herself. And it's only her. Everyone else has done all they can. It's down to the hero. Your life is your story. Your life is your movie. You get to be the hero in it. You are not the supporting role. You're not the silent extra in the background. You are the leading lady in your the story of your life. And the sooner you accept that and the sooner you understand that that brings with it a responsibility and an expectation to lead, the sooner you will find yourself standing solid in your life, unshaken by the storms around you, not because you are super power, but because you've understood That the internal you, the landscape of your internal world is saturated in the things of God. That you have made wise choices. You know that 
being able to choose is the ultimate definition of freedom. You're all here for freedom. That's why you came. You want freedom. But it's not freedom from, it's freedom for. It's freedom to choose. Freedom to lead. Freedom to be able to step into all that God has for you. Like I said, life wants and needs to be led, thrives under leadership. But if you, like my dog, leave the space of leader wide open, life will step right in and do it for you. So don't allow the current of life to be what drags you along and decades go by where all you're doing is keep your head above water. That is not your destiny. It's not who God's called you to be. You're gonna need to start swimming. I had heard about Mercy from a peer in school and I looked at her and I was like, that is for girls who are dying. That is not for me. And she looked at me and she said, Brian, you are dying. So I applied. I was nervous because I did not want to leave school. It definitely was worth it because you have to work on yourself. You have to allow the Lord to work on you emotionally and spiritually, and those are entwined. I was able to go back and graduate on time, which was a God thing. That was His redemption right there, was to say, you know what, you obeyed, you did what I asked you to do, and so I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna take care of this for you. And so I was able to graduate on time. It wasn't even an issue, but I was able to graduate in a healthier place. I think just buckle up, hold on, you're in for a ride because it's been a ride. I think just it gets better. Um, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. And um, if you choose to allow the Lord to work in you and through you and beside you, then He's going to lead you and He's going to guide you and He's going to bless you. Okay, well, this teaching absolutely just, uh, you know, like stick it up all in our business by talking about leading your body well. Mm. And it's funny because I am always comfortable talking about the spirit and the mind portion mm-hmm. of this. <laughs> but once but you got to start talking about eating vegetables, oh friend. <laughs> because you know what? Here's the deal, like and you know this, if I could eat Chick-fil-A every day, <laughs> a diet of 3 strips and a side of garlic herb ranch. With a sweet tea, I would be... That would be your entire food group. That would be my entire food group. Mm -hmm. And so I think the reason we don't like it is because we... Well, at least I don't like it. Is I don't don't like to think that... I don't know, maybe God cares about that or maybe that it has to do with my overall well-being. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think, well, I'm really busy right now and I'm really tired and all these things. And so this is how it has to be, Mm -hmm. kind of. Instead of stopping and making those choices. It's one that, uh, you know, quite honestly, like our diet, it's ignored a lot of times in the church setting or in that conversation because yeah. it's like, well, we like to eat. Yeah. And I can tell you that I've been to many potlucks where gluttony is not an issue. It's not a thing that's talked about. And mm-hmm. so it's really not like, it, seriously, if any mercy talk listeners out there have a sermon, a Sunday morning sermon uh, that you've ever heard on, on gluttony, on either gluttony or healthy eating or taking care of your body. I would love to hear it just because yeah. I don't think I've ever, I don't ever think I've ever heard, heard one or seen one. No, so. no. So this was really, really mm-hmm. convicting. Yeah. And I love, um, <laughs> to get off that subject that's so uncomfortable for all of us. Yeah. I love too, how she just unpacked the whole, um, you know, just feeding and, and leading your spirit. Yeah. 
just because I, I thought it was so interesting. Um, and I know for all of you listening, you couldn't see all of the visuals that he, she was sharing with everyone in the class. Hopefully you're still able to you know follow what she was talking about. But how so many people try to lead these spheres that are way out here, like, you know, they got these maybe big platforms or they've got these big churches or I don't know, they're leading large groups of people and they try to lead them or even just try to lead their families or lead. And they have not taken the time or effort or owned the responsibility to lead their own life. Mm -hmm. Like you aren't feeding your own spirit and you think you're going to be able to lead your family well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Anyway, I just thought it was so good how she highlighted the importance of 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 really pulling back. Mm-hmm. I actually even went to a, a parenting seminar this uh, last weekend that was so, so good. But they just talked about how self-care mm-hmm. as a parent so cannot be overstated um, because you will... You will only be as healthy a, a mom or dad as you are as a person. And so um, they were like, I mean, they were even saying like newborn children, moms. Yeah. You've got to figure out how you're going to get some space to take care of Ooh, yourself. That is I'm like, good. oh man, because I don't That'll know if preach. Mercy Talk listeners know this, but I do have a baby on the <gasps> way. Right. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to figure that out right now. Baby um, in the belly. So how, you know, so not to just make it about parents and kids, but just this whole idea of no matter who is in your world, no matter who yeah. you're influencing, you're only going to be as healthy of a coworker, leader, sister, brother, friend, parent, whatever, spouse, as you are a person. And so you have self-care, man, like, I just think it, has, it gets a bad rap sometimes because it it's just like, it's seen as just being selfish, mm-hmm. being selfish with your time or selfish mm-hmm. with, oh, it's just taking care of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's taking care of me so that I can love you better. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, I, you know, I just love that she focused so much on that and just the importance of getting alone with the Lord, praying, being in the word, mm-hmm. you know, um, hearing the voice of God, you know, we, that's something that we feel so passionate about is just being able to take time every day to sit in some quiet mm-hmm. and ask the Lord a question, just ask him something and journal what he speaks to you. Like that time of communion with the Lord, it's so much more than just what's happening in that moment, because yeah. there really is a feeding and a fueling of your own spirit that is happening when you commune with him in that way. Um, and so I, on our website, on mercymultiplied.com, um, you can go under our freedom tools and we even have uh, a PDF that you can download. And it's it's God questions. I think in the... Um, teaching she referenced them as uh, friendship questions or something like that that's what they call them in the UK but um, if you download that there's just a a few kind of prayer journal prompts of just questions that you could ask the Lord and so it may not be that you have a burning question in your heart for God that day so you know what just pull that list out and just be like you know what Lord I just want to hear something from you today and Mm -hmm. here's what I want to ask you you know it's just so it's so important for feeding your spirit and, and leading your spirit Man, I agree 100%. It's so good. So um, as we close out this portion of this series, that this was today the last of uh, Ariana's teachings, and we are going to move on next week to Debbie Harvey's teachings. And mm-hmm. we really hope that you will come back for that because let me tell you, Debbie's story mm. is incredible. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Yep. And she's going to be just getting really honest with us about not only her story, but also her process of um, walking through anger with God mm-hmm. and intimacy with the Lord and what that looks like, practically mm-hmm. speaking. These are just, these are things that I think um, everybody, at, you know, if you have not gone through a painful 
traumatic, hard circumstance in your life yet, then, well, you will one day. I mean, it's just we're Mm -hmm. in life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, we live in a fallen world and she is not, um, she is, she is not coy about calling things out as far as, man, I, I hated God. Like Mm -hmm. I yelled at him and it was, that can sound offensive to some at first, but she really walked talks about and, and walks through the process of being honest with those mm-hmm. emotions and reactions so that she could process um, that experience mm-hmm. with the Lord. And mm-hmm. in turn, it brought them even closer. Yeah. And I mean, just as a teaser for listeners, she's yes. literally going to talk through, and especially for all of you practical people out there who like steps, she's yes. literally going to talk through the five steps to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Specifically what that looks like in your relationship with the Lord. Yes. And knowing where you are in those steps, knowing how to strengthen the step you're on and how to move to the next step. So, oh, so good. It's so, so good. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. So if you will come back next week, you can look forward to that. I hope you guys are enjoying this process of walking through these teachings and we look forward to singing again next time. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.